hey friends and welcome back to the daily it is monday march the 29th 2021 and today begins uh, what historically has been called holy week in christianity and so we're just going to spend this week looking at the final week of jesus life on earth and so today uh, we're going to be reading from matthew 21 and really all of this week we're going to be just focusing on uh, matthew's account of this time and so we're going to read verses 12 through 17 of matthew 21 and then I'll just have a few thoughts for you uh, concerning uh, this, this Monday in Jesus' life. It says this, Jesus went into the temple and threw out all those buying and selling. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. When the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonders that he did, and the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, Do you hear what these children are saying? Jesus replied, Yes. Have you never read? You have prepared praise from the mouths of infants and nursing babies. Then he left them, went out of the city to Bethany, and spent the night there. Okay, so there's just a few things to set the stage for what we just read. Jesus has ridden into uh, the city of Jerusalem, and he's now in the temple. And so if you know your Bible, you'll know that Palm Sunday was yesterday, and that's when he rode in on the colt of a donkey, and uh, now he is in the temple. And so the question that we want to look at today is just, who is this Jesus? There's a lot of things we could say about him. But first and foremost, he's a king. He's a holy king. There's a prophecy made about 500 years before Jesus came uh, that talks about the holiness and the purity of this king. And so based on the prophecy in Malachi chapter 3, the Jewish people expected their Messiah, their Savior, to come and purify the temple and purify the people. Here's what we read, Malachi chapter 3. See, I'm going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. Then the Lord you seek will suddenly come to his people, the messenger of the covenant you desire. See, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who will be able to stand when he appears? For he'll be like a refiner's fire and like a cleansing lie. He will be like a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. Then they will present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will please the Lord as in the days of old and the years gone by. And so what's going on here is that Malachi is speaking of God's messenger, restoring the the worship, really, of the people of God and, and purifying the whole religious system. But Jesus fulfills these expectations in a way that the people did not expect. This is kind of a storyline of Jesus' life. He fulfills expectations of prophecies, but not in the way they thought. So he walks into a scene where people are are in the outer court of the temple, also known as the court of the Gentiles, which is a place for the nations to come and meet with God and worship, praise him and, and pray. But instead of worship, Jesus confronts basically what has been turned into a business, uh, doing commercial business filled with tons of people selling sacrifices, exchanging money, instead of doing what they were intended to do in that space. And so people are profiting off of one another, taking advantage of one another, all while ignoring the purpose of what this space is for, what this temple is for. And so Jesus, in an example of righteous anger, drives them out, overturning their tables, overturning their seats, and he says to them, it's written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of thieves. And in Isaiah chapter 56, 
God says that his house will be called a, whole, a house of prayer for all nations. And yet, here what we see in Matthew 21, the people of God are perverting this, uh, this space and preventing these nations from praying. And so in the second part of verse 13 from what we read, Jesus says that God's house has been made into a den of thieves. This is almost positively a reference to Jeremiah 7, in which God disciplines his people for offering ritual sacrifices while living in total disobedience to him. Jeremiah says this, Do you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, a false god, and follow other gods that you have not known? Then do you come and stand before me in this house called by my name and say, we are delivered so we can continue doing all these detestable acts? Has this house, which has been called by my name, become a den of robbers in your view? Yes, I too have seen it. This is the Lord's declaration. It's Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 9 through 11. So in that text in Jeremiah, God's people are offering worship, and yet they don't behave in obedience. And Jesus is walking into a similar situation in Matthew 21. And as a holy king, he has come to cleanse and to purify God's temple and God's people. And so this hideout for criminals against God needs to be restored to a house of prayer for God. Jesus doesn't deal with sin lightly, but he deals with it in anger, in righteous anger and passion. And so this leads to this, this other attribute of Jesus. He's, he's, he has the right to cleanse the temple because he is authoritative. Later on, he's going to say in Matthew's gospel, all authority has been given to him. In this chapters and in the chapters that follow, we see that authority put on display. This section of Matthew's gospel ha has been really referred to by scholars as the final break of Jesus with Judaism. In this situation, he, he takes the religious leaders of Jerusalem on head on. And he makes claims that they consider to be totally heretical, blasphemous, that would then lead them to be angry enough at him to crucify him. So out of the text today, what, what we need to consider, what I want to invite you to consider, is the authority that Jesus demonstrates. He, he makes it clear in Matthew 12, 6, that he's greater than actually the temple itself. Jesus is the Lord of the temple. He has the right to do whatever he desires in it, including throwing it into complete chaos in this scene. And so imagine being there. Imagine being in a church service, for instance, or, or being in a situation that you don't expect something to happen, and, and somebody coming in and just flipping everything literally upside down. Imagine how shocking it would be for these Jewish religious leaders who pride themselves in these religious practices at the temple to have Jesus come in and just flip it all on its head. Who in the world does he think he is, right? Does he think he's in charge? And the answer to that question is, yes, he is in charge. And so my question for you is, what does that mean for your life? What does it mean that Jesus is authoritative in your life? What does it mean that he is in charge of your life? Well, I hope you'll take some time to ponder that question of Jesus' authority in your life, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow here for more on the daily as we walk through Holy Week from the Gospel of Matthew. 